Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Sigil, the city of doors. Your adventuring days are over, and you've retired to a small farmstead in the countryside where you no longer have to worry about dragons, liches, drow, or even kobolds. As you go about your day, you decide to hunt for some game in the wilderness, and after taking down a deer, you begin hauling your prize back home. As you pass through the trees, you start to hum an old, familiar tune your mother taught you, and suddenly there's a blinding flash. When your vision returns, you find yourself in an alley in a bustling city, as all manner of creatures walk through a market in front of you. Looking to the sky, you see more of the city somehow looming above you. As you'll soon discover, you've passed through one of the countless portals leading to the city of Sigil, and it seems that your adventuring days aren't quite over yet. Sigil is the principal location in the Planescape setting, a central hub that connects to practically every other plane of existence, functioning as the ultimate melting pot of different species and cultures. While the Planescape setting as a whole can feature an unlimited amount of adventures spanning across a great number of different planes, Sigil itself could also be the host to an entire campaign. I previously touched upon all of the different planes in a previous video, but for this one I want to take a closer look at the City of Doors and its unique features and factions. Planescape was first introduced in 1994 with the release of the Planescape campaign setting, written by David Zeb Cook for AD&D 2nd Edition. The idea was to make a complete campaign setting accessible to low-level players that was distinct from any other campaign setting. It's largely an expansion of ideas from the original Manual of the Planes, and while the book would feature new information about different elemental planes and outer planes, it is largely devoted to the city of Sigil. The book received critical acclaim, and a number of other supplements would be released for 2nd edition, including campaign sets revolving around adventures in Sigil and different planes, as well as expanded information about different aspects in the setting. Published adventures in Planescape largely culminated with Faction War, which featured a great war across Sigil for the control of the city. With the release of 3rd edition D&D and the transference to Wizards of the Coast, Planescape has largely been abandoned, outside of small tidbits here and there, with no new major releases. That being said, Planescape and Sigil is still quite popular among fans, largely due to the cult status of the 1999 video game Planescape Torment, a role-playing game centered around Sigil. Before we get into the specifics of Sigil, let's look at what's around it. Sigil is located at the top of an infinitely tall spire, at the center of the Outlands, a circular plane of neutrality connected to every other outer plane. In some ways, the Outlands is a mixing place of all the other planes, a place where law and chaos and good and evil could intermingle, although all of it was subject to a neutralizing effect inherent to the Outlands. 
In addition, this neutralizing effect also affected magical items and magic spells, diminishing their potency the further one traveled toward the center. This even affects divine magic and the power of deities, so a ring around the center often functions as a great meeting place and common ground for all entities, including gods. Within 100 miles of the center, however, chemical reactions cease to function, and even gods cannot get any closer. The very center of the infinitely large plane is an infinitely tall spire, at the top of which sits a visible torus, or a ring shape. Within the inner edge of this torus is the city of doors, Sigil. Some measurements of the city have put its circumference at 20 miles, and its thickness at around 1.5 miles, although the city's ruler, the Lady of Pain, can apparently change the city's dimensions at will. The city doesn't feature the same neutralizing effect of the Outlands, as most magic works normally in Sigil, except for magic used to travel across planes. The only way in and out of the city are through the myriad of portals spread across Sigil and the planes themselves. All of these portals are controlled entirely by the Lady of Pain, so it is by her will alone that entities may enter the city. These portals may be present in any sort of opening or boundary, from a doorway to an arch to even a barrel or a picture frame. These portals may be either permanent or temporary, can lead to other planes or other points within Sigil, and can lead to the same location each time or can shift. Every one of these portals is activated via a key, but the key is very rarely a small piece of metal, but rather can be just about anything. A portal's key could be a small doll, or singing a certain song, or thinking a certain word. It's rare but not impossible to activate a portal accidentally, but generally knowledge of a portal's location and its key is valuable information. Since it can be quite difficult to leave Sigil once you arrive if you don't know your way out, the city is often referred to by another name, the Cage, and permanent residents of the city are often called Cagers. Around 50,000 individuals permanently reside in the city at any time, but due to being a crossroads of the universe, typically there are around 250,000 individuals in the city. Visitors and residents of the city include practically every species known to the multiverse, leading to a great deal of interesting connections and interactions. Those from the material plane, that is, the normal world, were generally referred to as outsiders or clueless by natives, as they often have a very limited understanding of the city and the multiverse in general. New visitors would be even further confused by the native slang of Sigil, referred to as the cant, although they'll likely get quickly used to being called a burk, meaning a fool. Residents of Sigil that offer their paid services as unofficial guides to the city are known as touts, while the city's official guides are called factotums. Touts are more able to guide a newcomer into the seedier side of Sigil, but are just as likely to rob you blind. Factotums each work for a different faction, and will do their job to keep a visitor out of trouble, while also teaching them the ins and outs of Sigil's unique political situation. Sigil is broken up into six different wards, although the boundary between each one is not clearly noted. The wards are mostly based on the wealth of the area, but each one houses different services and factions. 
The six wards are the ladies' ward, the market ward, the guild hall ward, the clerk's ward, the hive ward, and the lower ward. The ladies' ward belongs to the Lady of Pain and the city's elite, as well as the city barracks, the court, the prison, and the armory. Additionally, over half of the city's temples are located here, and it's by far the wealthiest and most heavily policed ward. The market ward, of course, contains most of the city's markets and vendors, places where you can purchase goods found across the entire multiverse. The Guildhall Ward is often considered to be part of the Market Ward due to numerous similarities, but it also contains a large number of craftsmen, artisans, and different guilds. The Clerk's Ward could be considered the Upper Middle Class District, containing most of the city's scribes, bureaucrats, sages, and scholars. This ward contains the Hall of Records and the Hall of Speakers, the centers of Sigil's financial world and day-to-day government, respectively. The Hive contains the Slums of Sigil, a district of chaos, filth, violence, and gangs. Slave markets, gladiatorial pits, gambling halls, and brothels are spread across this ward, along with the city's mortuary. It's not a pleasant place, but at least the chaos is largely contained to this ward. Finally, the lower ward is barely a ward at all, as the Hive continues to encroach onto it, but it at least contains the city's industrial hub, including the Great Foundry. The ward's name comes from the abundance of portals to the lower plains that exist here. Let's move on to discussing the city's 15 different factions in brief detail. Each of the factions possesses a unique view of the multiverse, of life and death, and of Sigil and their place in it. Some of the factions get along with one another, but many others don't, and some don't really care at all about the others. This list will ignore the results of the faction war, which eliminated some factions and reorganized things. First we have the Athar, also referred to as the Defiers, or the Lost. This group denies the idea that entities known as gods are actually deities, but are rather simply powerful mortals. They accept that there might be a true god, or even more than one, but understanding or even seeing or speaking to such an entity would be beyond the capabilities of mortals. Of course, it's their goal to actually discover these true gods and learn to understand them, lofty a goal as that might be. The believers of the Source, also called Godsmen, have a somewhat similar view to the Athar, and are thus often allied with them. They believe that everything in existence has the potential to become godly, and we are being continually tested in life to help us achieve this goal. When we die, we are reincarnated to begin the cycle again to try and pass the test so that we can become gods. The gods men are trying to figure out how exactly to pass this test, and additionally how not to screw it up so badly as to go backwards and be reincarnated as a demon or something similar. They also believe that when the final being in existence ascends, the multiverse itself will pop out of existence, which is their ultimate goal. The Bleak Cabal, also known as Bleakers or Madmen, are the Nihilists of Sigil, believing that the entire multiverse is nonsensical, and there's no point in trying to make sense of it. 
They believe that no one has any real answers about how the multiverse works, and the other factions are pursuing a hopeless mission. The idea that there is no meaning to the universe leads members of the Cabal to operate rather chaotically, lending them the Mad Men nickname. Some members especially lose all connection to reality and spend their time howling and raging in the corners of the city. The Doom Guard are all about entropy, and the idea that everything in the entire multiverse is decaying away into nothing. This alone isn't that crazy of an idea, but where the Doom Guard differ is that they believe that this is the ultimate goal of the multiverse, and people should in no way attempt to fight it, but rather help it along. To do otherwise is unnatural, and they actively oppose anyone that tries to mess with the natural order of things. They are not chaotic, however, or actively destructive, as they believe that anything created is a part of the natural process of destruction, such as chopping down trees to build a home. They get along with the bleak cabal for the most part, but they don't fare too well with the factions that want to hold on to this existence. The Dustmen, or the Dead, are one of the more morbid factions, as they believe that everyone here in the multiverse is actually already dead. They believe that we lived elsewhere in another existence that was full of celebration and joy, and now that we've died, our existence is filled with pain and sorrow. They don't believe that one day we'll be brought back to life, but rather that eventually we can achieve something called true death. Only once you truly understand this temporary existence and what it means to be dead, can you become truly dead, which may take a number of incarnations. The Fated have a rather pragmatic view of things, in which they believe that everyone is responsible for their own fate. Everyone has the capacity for greatness, but they have to work and sweat to achieve it. Those who fail in this goal are weak, and feeling compassion for these individuals is also weak. This philosophy is why they are often referred to as the takers, or the heartless, by others, but they don't achieve everything through cold, compassionless force. They believe in kindness without weakness, and compassion without cowardice, with the simple focus of self-sufficiency. The Fraternity of Order are all about laws, whether it be laws for Sigil, laws for mankind, and even laws for the other planes. They believe that once you well and truly understand the laws of the multiverse, you have the best means to take advantage of these laws, when and how to bend and break them. If one could find the loopholes of existence, you'd gain a power greater than any magic possible. This goal is not simple, however, as many laws of the multiverse are well hidden, and many deities have no interest in any normal individual learning their secrets. The Fraternity of Order consists largely of scholars and sages that spend their time studying every aspect of the multiverse, but they are also the chief legal experts of Sigil, for obvious reasons and operate out of the city courts. The Free League is the least faction-like of the factions, and is more of a loose group of independent thinkers that don't really agree with any of the other factions. Each member of the group values their independence more than anything else, believing that every person in the multiverse is free to chart their own course, and there likely isn't any one singular truth to existence. 
The group shares news and job opportunities with one another and will watch one another's backs, but they have no singular hierarchy, philosophy, or mode of operation. Most other factions treat the Free League as a potentially useful tool or a place to draw recruits from, but generally don't trust them too much. The Harmonium, or the Hardheads, believe that peace is a greater goal than war, and that peace can only occur when everyone agrees with one another. To achieve this, then, the best way is if everyone agrees with the Harmonium on all things. They believe that the ultimate goal of the multiverse is universal harmony, and if you don't agree with them, they're more than glad to convince you, even if that involves a good deal of violence. This may not lead to peace in the present time, but eventually everyone will see things the Harmonium's way. They claim the city barracks as their headquarters in Sigil, and work well with the Fraternity of Order and the Mercy Killers, with the Harmonium making arrests, the Order conducting the trial, and the Mercy Killers carrying out the sentence. Speaking of the Mercy Killers, this faction is all about justice, believing that justice purges the evil from people and makes them a better fit for the multiverse. Once everyone has been cleansed, the multiverse will be perfect. In this endeavor, though, justice has to be applied perfectly, with no mistakes. It must also be applied absolutely, with no mercy, to best cleanse the wicked. They don't believe in exceptions or extenuating circumstances, but they do believe that they answer to a higher power if anyone ever accuses them of breaking the law themselves. They operate both in Sigil and in towns in the Outlands as the local justice system, and although they aren't the most welcoming of the factions, they are nice to have around. On the opposite end of the spectrum are the Revolutionary League, also known as the Anarchists, who believe that all of the other factions no longer care about the truth of the multiverse, but rather just want to cling on to what they have currently. Their goal is to break down and remove all of the other factions in order to clear the way so that people can discover the real truth. This revolution is admittedly a difficult goal, but the League doesn't operate chaotically. Instead, they operate in the shadows, with careful precision and cunning, to take down each other faction. They don't really know or care to think what the actual truth of the multiverse is right now, since it's impossible to say while the other factions are mucking up the discussion. The Sign of One, or Signers, believe that each signer is the center of the multiverse. They believe that the multiverse exists because an individual believes that it exists, and everything within the multiverse is from their imagination. Each member of the Sign of One believes that they themselves are the center and imaginator of the multiverse, although they can't exactly agree on which one of them is correct. When two signers disagree, they both just think that the other is wrong, and a figment of their vivid imagination. When someone else disagrees and points to their own thoughts and emotions as proof of their existence, the signer simply says that anyone else's thoughts are fictitious, and only theirs are real. The sign of one are strongly opposed to the bleak cabal, as the two philosophies heavily contradict one another. The Society of Sensation, or the Sensates, is a group that believes that the only real proof of the multiverse's existence are the things that we can sense. 
Without being able to sense something, it simply doesn't exist. To them, a description of a rose isn't a real thing. Well, seeing, smelling, and feeling a rose makes it real. In the grand scope of things, then, the only way someone can know the full truth of the multiverse is to experience everything within it. To them, there is a physical limit to the things that one can experience within the multiverse, and it's their goal to reach that limit. They seek out any new taste, smell, or sensation they can, and are thus a little more freewheeling than many of the other factions. The Transcendent Order believes that thought is the biggest obstacle to becoming one with the multiverse, and that being able to act without thinking is the true path to their ultimate goal. That is not to say that they promote the idea of acting chaotically, but rather they focus on learning oneself until the correct action in any given scenario comes automatically to an individual, without needing to think about it first. This process only comes through years of training and focus, both their bodies and their minds, so that thoughts never muddle their instincts. They therefore believe that all truth comes from oneself, and don't interact much with other factions. Finally, the Chaosatex, or the Chaos Men, are exactly what their name implies, the most chaotic of the factions. They believe that there is no order to anything within the multiverse, and the only order that exists comes from individuals trying to impose it on others. This type of order is obviously unnatural, since the multiverse possesses none, and once these individuals stop imposing it, this order reverts back to the natural chaos. The Chaos Men believe that there's no point fighting this chaos, and that this chaos has its own beauty. By embracing it, they believe that they can learn the secrets of the multiverse. They make their headquarters right in the center of the Hive, and obviously don't get along with many of the factions, especially since they speak in a rather confusing manner. There's a lot of potential for chaos in general in Sigil, with so many different factions, entities, and less-than-scrupulous individuals wandering the streets. Things are kept in order partly through the efforts of the Harmonium, the Fraternity of Order, and the Mercy Killers, but more importantly, things are kept in check by the Lady of Pain. The Lady of Pain is the singular ruler of Sigil, and some believe that she is responsible for constructing the city itself. She controls all of the portals coming in or out of the city, able to alter or close them on a whim, and she is also responsible for preventing all deities and archfiends from entering the city entirely. To reiterate that, despite the greatest efforts by the most powerful of deities within the multiverse, none of them are able to step foot into Sigil, because the Lady of Pain prevents them. To say she is powerful is a massive understatement, and she is as mysterious and enigmatic as she is powerful. She rarely takes any interest in governing the city itself, only occasionally hovering above the streets or appearing before any especially troublesome individuals in order to discipline them directly. She notably will deal with anyone that is antagonizing one of the Dabus, a race native to Sigil that operate as servants of the Lady of Pain. They are spread across the city, functioning as eyes and ears for the Lady, as well as performing maintenance on different buildings and structures. They levitate above the ground, speak only in visual symbols that materialize above their heads, and otherwise are patient and docile. 
If interrupted in their work or otherwise antagonized, the lady will likely make an appearance, which means that most individuals in the city give them a wide berth. Some believe that the Dabus are responsible for creating the city, either as the original natives or they were created by the lady originally for that purpose. As for punishment, the Lady of Pain generally doles it out in one of two ways. The first is death through flame, which can happen instantaneously if she wills it. Despite the gruesome nature of this punishment, it's far preferable to the second punishment, in which the Lady of Pain will banish an individual to a special demiplane containing one of her mazes. These mazes can appear in practically any form, as they function as essentially an eternal prison for the individual in which their only hope is to maybe eventually escape, a process that could take hundreds of years, generally leaving the individual quite insane if they do. As mentioned, she only really punishes individuals if they really break the rules of Sigil by threatening the city as a whole, by messing with the Dabus, or if they begin to worship the Lady of Pain herself something she aggressively refuses. Sigil is easily one of the most unique cities in Dungeons & Dragons, a place that feels constantly on the brink of anarchy, and at the same time is one of the most guarded places in existence. It's a cage, both inside and out, and yet, if someone knows how to pass through, it can be an incredibly useful and interesting place to visit. The factions are all unique, and I only briefly brushed against the details of each. The Lady of Pain is terrifying and intriguing in equal measure, and as I said, entire campaigns could take place inside of Sigil itself. If you're interested in Sigil and haven't checked out the game Planescape Torment, I highly recommend doing so, as it really makes the city come alive. The City of Doors is a fantastic melting pot of Dungeons & Dragons, a place where angels, demons, humans, and Githyanki can all be seen in the same tavern, perhaps even sharing a drink. It's a place where worlds collide, where danger and fortune can be found in equal measure, where the truth of the multiverse can be pondered or ignored, all under the watchful eye of the Lady of Pain. <laughs>